I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Parented. My mood sometimes feels like a lottery. Some days I'm full of energy and ready for a challenge and others I just find I've lost my mojo. I'm sometimes unexpectedly tearful or just completely lacking in energy. But is this really all a lottery? My guest today emphatically thinks that it's our hormones that are to blame for these emotional fluctuations and that our lives are made infinitely easier to navigate and make the most of when we can anticipate the mood our hormones are going to put us in. Amy Thompson is the founder of the women's health app and tech service Moody. The Moody app, which enables women to track their hormonal fluctuations and thereby anticipate and decipher their so-called moodiness, which she says helps women harness the power of their moods and hormone cycles. Well, bravo to that. Uh, Amy, it's such a pleasure to have you on The Parenthood. And I think this is such an important topic for women to be you know, knowledgeable about. Can we bring it very much back to basics? I just love to sort of talk about how our hormones shape us, because I think as women, we're all aware that hormones are a big part of who we are and how we behave. But apart from sort of PMT and, you know, women are moody when they're about to get their period, we actually know remarkably little about our hormones. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I think, as you say, it is a component of our emotional health that we are given little insight on and a very important one. So the way I always start or try and explain this is if we just come to the basics of when you start menstruating for the first time, and if you start menstruating for the first time, there are changes in the way that your hormones operate around a cycle. And there are four phases to that cycle. So the phases include fluctuations associated to estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So the fluctuation in the kind of bleed phase, which is uh, the most kind of known, is actually often misunderstood as the kind of moodiest phase or the phase that has the most negative impact. But actually what's happening in your bleed phase is your estrogen uh, is beginning to actually rise Um, And then you move into your follicular phase. So your estrogen, you start to feel more strength. You tend to feel more kind of outwardly, I always call it your extrovert personality. And your estrogen is a mood boosting hormone, as they say, which has an impact on other aspects and other cycles within your body. So not only does this lead towards your ovulatory phase within your follicular phase, it also means that it can have an impact on serotonin and dopamine production in the brain. It can have an impact on sleep. Um, Some people experience disruptions in sleep because estrogen can make you very alert in the day, or some actually find it's much deeper. There is research to show that there is variability in this, but it's really interesting to understand that there is going to be a difference potentially from one phase to another. It also even has an impact on metabolism and and hunger and our kind of cravings for certain foods. So this kind of rising estrogen tends to be your kind of elevated phase for the majority of people. Then you have ovulatory phase. And as your ovulatory phase kind of does what it says on the tin, 
But the way we often understand these phases is related to the function of our menstrual cycle, the function of our ability to menstruate or to ovulate and therefore related to fertility. But actually, if we start to think about the feelings over and above, not just the function, it allows us to understand and accept that there are changes, almost like weather changes and seasons each month. So ovulation uh, for a lot of people is, is a moment where if you start to tune in and as you start to tune into these changes can become very profound and you start to feel the difference. Often people say they feel stronger, they feel very uh, assertive, they feel very attractive. And if you take it right back to the baselines of <laughs> when we were, you know, originally designed, there is also a function of uh, fertility around this idea of attracting mate. So it makes a lot of sense that there are changes in our behavior or changes in our way of operating, which are connected to these to these chemicals. Then post ovulation, you have your uh, kind of changes in estrogen, which actually relates to a rise in progesterone. So what's happening is your progesterone rises, which often can be a more kind of inward hormone or a sedating hormone. I try to be really careful about language here, which makes both sense to people while also not being negative, because we've also had this perception of the beginning is the good bit and the second half is the bad bit. But actually, if we understand it relating to feelings, that rising progesterone can actually give us a lot of insight into ourselves, allow us and give us the kind of flexibility to be more inward, to be more reflective, to focus more on what we're feeling and to try and identify through the kind of giving yourself a bit more time is the way I always describe it. So your luteal phase runs right the way up to, to bleed. So this is the variability point for, for some, it is, you know, a shorter phase for some, it is a longer phase, um, but it does have an impact on your moods. Now, the reason we called Moody Moody was um, very much on this idea as we're a female team and no, it's not nice for somebody else to call you Moody, but this is not about somebody else. This is about you understanding yourself and to be Moody is actually to be human and to have kind of fluctuations in emotional changes is to be human. So to understand these four phases and the kind of way in which these kind of hero hormones, as we call them, intersect and to start to think about the way that you operate, not to change behavior, but just to stop and remove the amount of guilt or the amount of frustration you might feel if walking into a space during one phase so take a meeting or an important conversation you want to have you might feel incredibly strong and incredibly assertive yet take two weeks later and you go into the same meeting and you can't comprehend why it is that you're suddenly feeling incredibly tense or slightly more sensitive so often in that luteal phase we have certain amounts of sensitivity it tends to make us feel a bit more vulnerable and feel a bit more inward and so again that's not a bad thing when you understand it but it's very difficult if you're just trying to make sense of these these patterns without actually having somewhere physically to be able to identify the change so again coming back to this idea of feelings really are the kind of key to helping us understand fluctuations and they aren't the only things that are happening obviously there are so many other factors in life that create negative emotion or changes in feelings or even changes in hormones but at least to start from the baseline of understanding these relationships it gives us a starting point to build much better relationships with ourselves and actually start to really understand how to optimize just for the everyday just for functioning and, and being kind to yourself I think is the main thing.
Well, I think it's so powerful, actually, you to hear you talking about that acceptance of our different moods. And that is a crucial part of who we are. And I see of my children, you know, when they're suddenly really tearful and they're like, I don't know why I'm like this. And I'll say, it's just you're tired. And as soon as I give them a reason for the fact that they're in tears or they're not operating how they want to be operating or they're not strong or fast or whatever it is, as soon as I've given them a reason, I've given them permission to embrace how they're feeling and to you know, accept it rather than to fight it and fighting your tiredness or your, you know, reluctance to, you know, go and meet people or, you know, I find there's some days where I'm meant to be sitting down and prepping a podcast and I'm just like, I just can't be bothered. And I'm like, this isn't me. I'm dynamic. I'm not that person. But I guess that sort of understanding that it's not me, it's my hormones that's making me slightly less dynamic than I'd like to be is actually much better in terms of how to deal with it. Absolutely. And, you know, as a really good example, it then helps you organize the times in which you're going to be maybe scripting versus thinking about your guest lineup versus actually recording, right? So it doesn't change the fact you have to do all those things. It might just organize the way in which you decide to do them in the month to try and optimize the way you're going to feel. And, you know, you can still do the things you don't really want to do when you're feeling fatigued. It's just more of a slog. And when it comes to wellness, so to your point about when you give an explanation, and I think this is the same for all of us, the way our brains compute information, if we can understand the why, we can actually build something much more long term. And for us, our whole principle with this is understand the types of food, the types of wellness, the types of exercise, the types of things that you can do to help you optimize for the for the positive and the negative to balance out. And when you understand why you're doing that, you build healthier routines around it rather than being told you should eat five fruit and vegetables every day. <laughs> well, why? Um, because it's going to help with your, your natural production of various different hormones, health. It's going to help you naturally detoxify at different points of the month when as your luteal kind of phase kicks in, your body tends to be more dehydrated, for example. It's another really good way to be able to help your body in that phase is to actually think about the types of foods, the types of exercise, even just drinking slightly more water in the day and being more vigilant with your hydration in this phase will help with your mind and memory and focus. So very simple things, which can also then proactively have a positive impact. But you need to know the why. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just another routine or another program of things that you're trying to do and unsuccessfully delivering against it. Well, certainly my experience anyway. But this helped me actually deliver possibly more long term and create routines. It makes absolute sense. How individual are the impact of the hormones on us? Um, as I mean, I know that part of the Moody app is tracking your own hormones so that you can spot your specific cycle or trends. But obviously the your book um, talks about sort of all the different hormones that are released. Presumably there are some of us that are affected more by the hormonal fluctuations and some of us that are affected less. And presumably at different times in our lives too, we'll be more or less affected by hormones. Absolutely. And I think this is also where it's it's all about where you start. So when looking at this space originally, it all came from a very personal experience. It actually came from, I was working with, you know, global sports brands and I was working with, you know, health and wellness on a very big scale. And we were looking at, you know, essentially the functionality of technology to help people understand running or fitness. And I was doing all the things and I was running all the time, but my periods had actually stopped from, uh, from stress. I hadn't had a period in over a year and I was doing even more exercise because this was the kind of answer to the problem. Now, 
when I then started to research what was going on, there was no magic pill, there was no pharmaceutical solution to be able to say, okay, well, this is how you reduce stress. It's all to do with kind of the relationship that we have to the to these different stress hormones and at different times of our life and at different points. And I realized that there was also quite a lot of advancement within the biometric space. So take just blood testing, kind of at-home blood testing is obviously becoming more and more kind of prominent. And there are plans for us to be able to look at this in the future and understand this deep dive. But what we realized was to really help people understand difference, we have to start somewhere. And there is variability, huge variability in different people, different experiences, different factors and external factors, you know, different experiences, certainly through pregnancy cycles of how pregnancy hormones impact on your body, your mind, your feelings, your anxiety, how that impacts on your thyroid, you know, everything, if you think about it as one interconnected cycle, when one thing is off, it has a knock on effect. So things do change, skin changes, hair changes, emotions change, sleep patterns change. Um, you know, just generally your kind of actual period cycles and the kind of flow and the heaviness of your of your bleed will change. But to really understand the kind of starting point, we realized rather than go down that kind of deep tech space, which is happening as well in conjunction, we needed to actually think about the broader audience and the broader opportunity here, which is just get people to understand there is a relationship between mind, body and chemicals, and then be able to say, well, how do we start to bridge the app into variability and help people understand that there is no normal and there is no one size fits all but if you're able to understand certain symptoms and moods so take anxiety which can manifest itself in many different ways for people but if you start to see patterns of anxiety or patterns a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The sleep disruption connected to your cycle, for example, this can help you identify that it could be connected to estrogen, progesterone, and other kind of and testosterone or kind of other kind of hormones happening within the, the menstrual cycle. But it is very difficult to be able to identify full profiling. But we also have this really exciting opportunity to educate around when to ask for help. So Again, the reason for starting in this space was to say, well, if we just on the very basic level demonstrate there is trust and understanding that something you feel out of sync because your chemicals feel off, being able to trust yourself to then go to speak to someone, you're an expert, 
is a really important missing link at the moment, which ultimately, you know, a space designed majority for period contraception or fertility, now thinking about it around anxiety and, and the kind of emotional health side, we can build a much stronger relationship between people trusting that it's not just them, as often we kind of dismiss ourselves as being uh the kind of least relevant person in the conversation about ourselves ironically so I guess to explain differences from a personal point of view yes huge difference but to start just from the baseline of this understanding helps at least identify a very simple space for us to help educate in the kind of understanding and trusting yourself in your difference and also being able to like you said being able to help yourself I was talking to a friend of mine who who I hadn't chatted to her for ages. And I was like, how are you? And she goes, I feel amazing. I've just started HRT. And I was like, oh my goodness, tell me about it. You know, she's the yeah. first of my friends to sort of be on that journey. And I said, how quickly did it work? And she said, immediately. And, and she said, I think that's partly because I went in to my doctor and I've been, she'd been tracking her hormones for years. She says it's the best thing she's ever done. She absolutely plans her diary week by week according to how she's going to be feeling. Even her boyfriend has downloaded the app so that she knows, he knows when, you know, the months are going to be harder and the months that are going to be, or the weeks were going to be easier yeah. but she said I feel that I felt that I could um basically resolve very quickly and very easily um the issues I was having because I was so aware of my cycle and my hormonal fluctuations and how I respond to different uh, hormones and it was actually a, a you know she was just so positive about the whole experience and I suppose we think about this sort of hormonal you know cycles when we are menstruating and I suppose less probably what that they could be helpful when you're getting sort of into menopause and perimenopause but yeah. it was just amazing to sort of hear that absolutely and again it comes down to this baseline understanding and trust and then realizing what's right for you so there is a huge amount of very scary information in this space and you know there have been incredible milestones even in the last few months with things like what Davina did with with the documentary around just dispelling myths and and helping people from both a scientific and a kind of cultural perspective understand what works for them. But I think it is really if you have that kind of starting point, you then are able to say, OK, rather than just feeling like a science experiment in someone else's <laughs> remit, I actually can start to, to trust that if something has because these things do have a very quick impact. So if you are feeling hormonally imbalanced in any context and you find a solution in the right space for you that works, it tends to relieve that kind of initial anxiety because often a lot of the symptoms that have been causing the the, the problem have been very emotional. They felt very surface level. And that kind of often people describe it as a cloud being lifted. Um, and relationships. So when you have difficult times in your life in any context, whether related to stress, whether related to changes in life, they have an impact on your relationships, they have an impact on your intimacy, they have an impact on your family. And, and that can be very hard when you've been sitting in that for long periods of time. And so again, this kind of awareness and this lightness to help you also communicate with partners and friends and family about what's been going on. So to stop this becoming a kind of, it is about you and it is about understanding, but it also helps you communicate better what's happening with the people closest to you to give them the opportunity to support as well we've become so much less squeamish about talking about periods mm. you know I really hope my daughter is 10 and I really hope that you know if she needs to 
take a tampon to a loo in an office environment, she's not going to feel the shame of sort of where can I hide it so that no one knows, you know. I, and I feel that, you know, that's probably given more voice or I suppose permission for us to talk about our hormones because essentially they're all linked to our periods, our cycles. And even when I was at school 20 years ago, this was something that was much, much harder to discuss. There was that shame around it, that stigma around the fact that women menstruate when it's the reason we're all here. <laughs> exactly. And it's been really interesting. So we started on this journey in 2016 and it was a very different landscape. Um, and when we started working with you know, the doctors and the experts in the space that we did, it was a different landscape for them too. And so it's been really exciting to see that kind of conversation around menstruation change, um, incredible product and innovation. It, we're not all just reliant on the big corporations to be producing period products for us now. There are so many innovators in this space. The fact that this conversation has moved away from blue liquids to, to blood <laughs> and, you know, these conversations become a badge of empowerment, but it doesn't have to... I think it also can be a badge of empowerment at different levels. I, I think it's very much about this idea of people just having an understanding of the, the the feelings associated to change, but also that we no longer have to, again, have shame or hide away from something that actually can be an asset. So the, the idea of periods being this functional thing that's a problem that you have to deal with every month um, or the curse. Or the curse. <laughs> And, and the historic language, I mean, it's actually fascinating, but I won't nerd out on some of the kind of most interesting facts about historical period language. Um, but it is fascinating to start to see language change in the media and, and what this means for a future generation, because ultimately it allows for us to have more connection with the historical experiences of our, our, our mothers, our grandmothers, and, and also start to understand how we transcend and, and through through the passing on of this trust and this understanding. And again, not just around something to cover up, but embrace, understand and be proud of because it helps you organize and be more efficient. And I always talk about this idea of this education gives you superpowers. And I get very excited about a younger generation having superpowers plus 10, because they're also proud to walk into a bathroom and, and ask for what kind of uh, menstrual products they want, not just a tampon or a pad. There's so many options out there now. So I'm, I, I brings me a huge amount of optimism towards a future of a kind of very empowered uh, female generation and menstruating generation of emotional support because they'll understand their superpowers <laughs> yeah absolutely and I mean too is you know thinking about that um, probably most of the listeners to this podcast are parents themselves I think as a mother of a daughter and a son to be honest it's really important that they understand sort of hormones I mean this should be a part of sort of basic education I, I really think so but in terms of what we can do as, as mothers, if you're then tracking your um, hormones on an app, sharing that with your family, A, you're breaking that taboo. You're saying this is a perfectly okay conversation to have. We don't need to be talking about gross stuff. We don't, you know, it's absolutely fine. But also, I just remember when I was 13 or whenever I got my period, being really quite frightened of it. And partly that was because no one had, you know, hadn't really had a proper conversation, the kind of conversation like children have nowadays. And it's not just about the bleed. It's about how having their period is going to make them feel and how it's going to make them feel for the sort of duration of their cycle and, and to anticipate that. And so in terms of sort of preparing your daughter for life, 
I mean, actually, you know, it's a great opportunity, isn't it? Just for you as a woman to be aware of your hormones and, and sort of share that so that not only are they benefiting from the sort of better relationship because they can anticipate your mood, but also you're modeling the fact that actually an informed woman understands this as much as she can see whether her shoes fit or her teeth are clean or whatever, been to the dentist. Exactly. And actually, it was interesting what you said about sons as well, because it's also really important for us to be able to understand and contextualize emotion or health for for all generations and, and all people in this, because testosterone from a, a male experience does have an impact on dopamine and serotonin production, but it's grossly under-researched. So what's really interesting about the historical aspects of this in terms of science is the reason that there is so much research into female hormones and the impact on emotional health and physical symptoms is because of the contraceptive and HRT. So very profitable <laughs> industry space, which are brilliant innovations, but it means that there's been a lot of money spent on research, rightly so. So to understand the implications, whereas for the male experience, there is a really limited amount of research. There is a huge amount of research into hair loss and erectile dysfunction, um, but not a huge amount into the emotional impacts. And I think it's it's really unfair for also everyone in terms of understanding this new era of we we don't need so much logic. Well, we do need logic, but logic from a kind of day to day perspective. We have incredible efficiencies through the way that we've built civilization and society. But we do need emotion, emotional intelligence, emotional health is, you know, the most important component of a healthy society and healthy people. And so to help, you know, everybody understand this, I think there is also a really important space for us to do more research into testosterone in relationship to serotonin and dopamine. Um, but in the first phase, helping sons understand that period cycles and what this means from a female point of view <laughs> can then also help them understand that there are fluctuations that will happen across life. Um, and as men get older or the male experiences at 45, there tends to be a drop off of testosterone or a change in testosterone, I should say, because it's different for everyone. And this can have a massive impact on emotional health. And they know this, but they haven't really researched the impact. So I'm excited about a future where there is also that space too. Do you think there'll ever be a hormone tracking app for men? I hope so. I I can sound a little sci-fi in this space sometimes, so I try to avoid talking too much about uh, endless futures. But I really hope so in relation to the kind of near future around understanding that these are chemicals. And when you start to give the metaphor of hormones, neurotransmitters, which are our kind of brain chemicals, um, so dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, um, we, we start to realize that it's it's within our kind of understanding of the environments we are in, the people we're around, avoiding triggers that cause the bad imbalances or the bad reactions to things, creating less stress. And when we start to, to create the metaphors around the chemical understanding of change, people then understand and can start to contextualize the idea of the function of what they should do. Um, and also, again, know when to ask for help. And there is a huge crisis, mental health crisis for, for men at the moment as well. So yeah, a future where there is hormone tracking for everyone I think is going to be very important well and also you know to to breed you know a new generation of male and female you know change makers who will you know be the ones that disrupt this you know long-held opinion that uh, hormones are something that don't have a big impact on us we're just ha a society of happy people happy people as a general consensus and maybe this is going to be the quote that kills me 
tend to start less wars and tend to, st- to have less disruption and less anger in the world. You know, instilling this idea of happiness as a as a positive thing, not just a kind of nice to have soft softer experience of life, but actually an important asset for the development of the world. I think, yeah, be a great great concept. Very excited about the male hormone tracking. <laughs> So tell me a bit about the app. Um, people download the app. Um, and I mean, one of the questions actually I had for you was if you've got someone who's either on HRT or they've got like a, a contraceptive that involves um, hormones, so the pill or um, the, the Mirena coil, is, is this app still for them? Or is it for people really who are experiencing their hormonal fluctuations in sort of full force? So we designed the app very much in the starting point around this idea of menstruation cycles so that we could build something that actually had the ability to give content and predict and give you information um, and we also built it with this viewpoint we wanted to start in a space where we were protecting people's data and protecting that idea of experience so we could expand into other areas in, in a safe way so we then launched um, the opportunity for you to journal and to log your emotional health which then begins to reflect patterns back to you so that is removed from just the menstruation aspect and if you are not menstruating or you have had stress experiences or or chronic illness of any kind and have had disruption to cycles just being able to journal what you're feeling and logging what you're feeling and having wellness programs so it might be exercise program linked to stress or fatigue and actually having a seven day or 30 day program that can address the specific issue that you're experiencing that's completely outside of the remit of um of a of a menstrual cycle so it's actually only in the last kind of six to 12 months that we've kind of begun that process and it will only become more and more efficient um in the next six to 12 months and we're really excited about some of the areas that we can now begin to expand into um to support this experience of outside of menstruation these other areas of hormones and looking really at the impact of how do we help everyone reduce stress and improve happiness and by understanding the relationship between how our hormones impact on that and the types of science and and wellness as one um, that can be used on a daily basis to affect positively your moods so There are programs in there for stress. There are programs in there for fatigue. And I think that's the area that we're really seeing, certainly anxiety as well, um, in experiences of people who are maybe not menstruating, but still are experiencing fluctuations in hormones. And what about pregnancy? I mean, obviously, talking about a time where women don't menstruate and yet the hormonal mayhem <laughs> I mean and a hormonal amazingness I mean essentially those hormones are creating an environment in which people can grow a baby um yeah. can people still use the app while they're pregnant so we're really excited about the opportunity in the future of what we're building for this space um Honestly, it's it's been an, a wild five-year journey and, and we had to, again, as I always say, had to start somewhere. But for us, it was about looking at the pregnancy experience, not just about the development of the baby and just about the kind of experience of the different changes, but again, focus very much on the emotional health journey and what are the kind of emotional health kind of changes that happen through the kind of pregnancy cycle or also post and what happens to your experiences in the postpartum. So it's a it's coming soon and I will be the moment that it launches I will be sending you all the details um for everyone because I'm really excited about that well there's a great bit in in the book which is sort of just talking about the different phases um of hormone changes and I think as you said anticipating those and also for 
people's partners to understand what people are going through. And, and then certainly in the, the postpartum, I certainly found I had a new relationship with my body after I'd given birth. Um, and partly, I don't know what it was, maybe it was the fact that I was just living closer to the edge. You know, when you're looking after a, a very small baby and you're so sleep deprived and your life is suddenly totally different, you've had to relinquish all power. Um, I found it incredibly, I, I was much more aware of these hormonal fluctuations. And actually so many women I've spoken to have said that's they've been the time that they've started using a hormone tracker because it just felt like that was the time they really needed to understand what was going on in that body. Yeah, absolutely. And the power of the connection you can have to your baby through the experience of oxytocin and endorphins and, you know, giving birth is one of the highest <laughs> influxes of, of hormones into your body and that process of bonding and connection. And it really allows you to understand just how powerful your body is. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's also, again, we talk about this kind of resilience and power in women, but the fact that there are these changes and these emotional languages through chemicals in our, in our body that we have to learn, it allows us a, a whole new breadth of education and understanding around empathy and connection to others, which I think we experience naturally, but is also really interesting to understand as a context of, of very much connected to our chemicals. Yeah. Well, I really, really have enjoyed reading your book. It's it's a fascinating subject. Um, at the back, there are about sort of ten pages of no more than that, about twenty pages of like references. So it's a meaty book, but it is so easy to read. And like bits have made me laugh, and bits have made me thought, why have I never thought about this before? I particularly love your comment that. Um, condoms had always been manufactured for men and manufactured to appeal to men as opposed to women and yet men put them on and they go inside a woman's vagina <laughs> and you said I've never met a woman who's excited about the idea of a Trojan horse going inside their vagina and of course it makes complete sense and you're saying that there is now a condom manufacturer which is very much targeted at women yeah it's brilliant it's um two female founders they're incredible it's called Hanks um you can now buy them in Tesco um, so they are available, uh, beautiful packaging, um, but also they're designed specifically for the female experience. And again, it just it excites me a lot being in this space. And again, being having the privilege of the exposure to some of the people that are innovating in this space as well. And it's yeah, it's a real joy. But it is crazy to think that it is 2022. And these are the conversations we're having. And, and when you come back to just the simplicity of that makes no real sense, um, you realize that it's because it wasn't designed from the point of view of the person that's experiencing it, it was designed from someone outwardly looking in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wonder what we're going to be talking about in 2032. Exactly. <laughs> I think Charlie Brooker probably has some ideas on that, but I'm excited about the next <laughs> series of Black Mirror. <laughs> Uh, Amy, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Uh, you can download the Moody app. It's on App Store, I presume. Um, and you can either download a free version or there's a paid for version. There are two versions, aren't there? Yeah, the recommendations and all of the programs are the paid for bit. We wanted to make the tracking free for everyone. Yeah. And Amy's book, uh, Moody, The Hidden Power of Hormones, um, is out now. It's out now in paperback. Um, I've also spoken to lots of people who've listened to it on Audible. Um, you said that was brilliant. I do think for sort of mums, especially listening to books you really want to read on Audible is a much more effective and efficient way of consuming them. So um, highly, highly recommend um, both the app and the book. It's, it's been a real eye-opener for me.
Uh, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much. And thank you all for downloading this episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review wherever you found this podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, I'm Amy and